Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Ah, Ephraim, we got wall-to-wall college football action. My Irish survived. It was ugly, but they survived. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm a little down right now. Whoa, whoa. You jumped all over me last week for supposedly being a Debbie Downer, and you're coming out of the blocks like this? I'm just letting you know. I'm a little down right now. Okay. okay? What's going on? What's what's going on in your world? Serena, right? Mm. Serena gets swept Mm. uh, in the U.S. Open Finals today by Naomi Osaka, and I was really pulling for her. You know, one year after having a baby and complications with the with the delivery, I was really pulling for her to just get back to the top of that mountain in a, in in a year. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. And not to say what she's done and what she was able to accomplish on this run at the U.S. Open uh, isn't amazing, but I would have loved to to sit here and spend our first thirty minutes talking about. How great she was. Not that she's not great, but, you know, it just, it, it threw me off a little bit, you know. Man, you are devoting 30 minutes to start off the show of Serena had Well, you, you got to, you have to talk about one of the greatest athletes, not woman or man, just one of the greatest athletes uh-huh. uh, in this of this decade, the last two decades. You have to. Yeah, and there was a, there was a whole thing today, man. Where she she channeled her inner John McEnroe. Yeah, did you see that? Yeah. she got into it with the chair umpire, and they penalized her. And you can man, al- you can always tell when it's not gonna go her way. I've watched her a, a long enough to know. I was just like, oh, this isn't going well. Uh, like you know the four the the unforced errors and stuff like that. When when it's when she's locked in, like we saw her last met her last match. In the semifinals, I mean, that was just, it, 
I couldn't even it, – it was hard to watch for her opponent because she was just devast- – she was dominant. All right, one, six, two, six, three. It wasn't even close. Breaking serves the whole nine yards, charging the net, which she very rarely ever does. And the contrast of that to to now, I, I just you know I was I was a little disappointed. Not to take I'm, anything away from Naomi. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. Well, I can tell that you're not as big of a Naomi fan as Serena. You know, well Naomi's time is coming. She's young. She's very good. <laughs> um, but I, I, you know, I'm Serena's in my in in. In, you know my age group. You know I I love to see the uh, the older players still you know playing at at a high level. You know huge Tiger fan. We're all in the same peer group in terms of age and 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 you know professional sports. And as you get older, your game slips a little bit. Aaron Rodgers. You know Tom Brady. You know the cliff is coming. Yeah. It always comes. It always shows up. And I just wanted her to have some more success before she reached that cliff. What she currently is, I don't think she's close to the to the cliff because she still has the most dominant serve in the game. And her tenacity and, 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 and quickness is still there. So, you know, who's to say we don't get, you know, three more, you know, pristine years from Serena Williams. I just really wanted her to have this just for her, you know, just to, to, to get to that 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 place where she feels I'm I'm completely back because she's juggling a lot with the new baby and you know every relationship to everything. I I had no idea you were this locked into Serena Williams, man. You're I, I all like over. tennis in general. You know, I, uh, a lot of people don't know that I took tennis, you know, lessons when I was younger. Uh, in you know the jungle in South Central at Rancho Cienega Park, right next to the the swimming pool. Right. Like I, you know, I worked on the ice cream truck and and I took tennis lessons. My mother wanted to make me a renaissance man. So I took guitar and piano lessons and, you know, tennis, all kinds of stuff. You know, you're a very competitive person, Ephraim. Yes. And the first thought I had is if I was going to school with you, I would have just intentionally trolled you to kind of like get you into sports that you wouldn't have had an interest in. You know, I would have been like, Ephraim, you'll never make it as a synchronized swimmer or something like that. And you would have been like, yeah, I'll prove you wrong. No, that's the kind of guy you are. We're wired the same as far as that goes. Funny story is I almost was on the swim team in high school. <laughs> I swear, I am not lying. Yeah. Coach came to me and was like, hey, you can, you can swim. I was like, yeah, I'm a good swimmer. And he was like, with your length, at the time, I was about 6'5", 185 pounds. So he was like, with your length and your quickness that you show in basketball and football, you can be a dynamic swimmer. So I, you know, did the tryout. Everything went well. And then when it came to trying on the uniform, this is a true story. I go into the boys' locker room with the uniform, and I put it on. And I was like, yeah, this is not going to happen. <laughs> this this yeah this this might not be for me right because i'm you know i just i'm not the guy to, to come out with the, with the speedo on and i'm you gotta remember i'm 15 16 years old that just wasn't a look for me no it wasn't yeah i hear you you were like i, I can do football pants i can do Fo- tight football I just pants need more is good. fabric on and them. at the yeah. time our basketball shorts were really short like john stockton <laughs> short i can even do that 
<laughs> but what I could not do was the borderline bikini tea back. Oh, man. Right? I just couldn't do it. My <laughs> reputation in high school was too important at the time. Well, we'll have some audio for you guys. Serena Williams getting into it with the chair umpire. It's Brian Noeni from Salam. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate. Well, we do have wall-to-wall ball on this college football Saturday. How about Rodney Anderson, stud running back for Oklahoma? He goes out with a knee injury, Mm. and this isn't good. The headline, head coach Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, he says, quote, Gonna hope for the best. <laughs> End Ouch. quote. That's not good. No, we're not good. You know, when you put that hope in there, you know, we're gonna see. Uh, we hope it's not what we think it is. Now we got a situation. Yeah, and Oklahoma ranked number six right now in the country, so they're one of the teams that has a shot for a playoff berth. If Rodney Anderson had a significant injury, that's gonna hurt their chances big time. But I always think about Kyler Murray. You see Kyler Murray scampering around out there, running around. He's the baseball player, got mm-hmm. drafted in the top 10 by the A's. And the payday was like $4.5 million, yes. something like that. And there are a lot of people outspoken said, what are you doing? You're risking your future. I'm totally fine with him being out there, Ephraim, for this year in college football. Has your stance stayed the same or yes. you changed a little bit? No, it's, it's stayed the same. Exactly the same. Yes. What if Kyler Murray gets through the entire season – and he suffers no injury whatsoever. Uh, it's still like it's that's wonderful, and thank goodness for that. But, right. but to me, the risk is too high. You, you get what I'm saying? Like the risk is too. Football is one of those games where you can, you know, one play can change your whole life. And and to have that type of security and a job waiting for you. And you're rolling the dice. It just is difficult for for me to to sign. Like, hey, chase your dreams and all. I get that, you know, I understand that. But it's just, I, I mean, oof. good for him that he's willing to, to 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 do this and he's living out his dream. And his also his his dream had to also have been to make it to the majors, right? Like that that had to be a dream. Well, he's there, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I look at it, I hear everything you're saying, big man. I get it. I just look at it differently where I I just play the odds. You know me. I gamble from time to time, you know? <laughs> but I look at what's the realistic chance that Kyler Murray suffers this catastrophic injury and there goes his baseball career, not just his football career. Those chances are not very high at all. And so if he does suffer an injury, maybe it requires surgery. He can rehab it. The chances are so but, minuscule that he suffers this huge injury and his baseball career is over But with. just think about this. Think about baseball and injuries itself. It doesn't take much for someone to go on the DL, right? Your other athletes are looking like, uh, brain, ankle, 15 days, what? Right, so it doesn't take much. It take a shoulder sprain. Now, baseball is different, right? It doesn't take a a torn leg or a blew out back, a blown out back, or anything like that. Minor injuries for baseball players seem to affect them completely different than they would do a basketball player or a football, especially a football player. Do you, do you understand what I'm what I'm saying when I say that? Like 
Yeah. If I have a shoulder sprain, which I do, I tore both my um um uh my labrums in my shoulders, but I continue right. to play. That's right. not happening in baseball. You don't hear about a whole lot of football injuries where an oblique will keep you out. Right. <laughs> like, you, you, you see what I'm saying, right? <laughs> right. You get hit with a pitch yeah. and you have some soreness in your hip. Now we're going to sit you we're going to sit you down. So it's not the the fact that I'm talking about a catastrophic injury where it's like, "Oh my god, he may never walk again." It's the way you watch baseball and you see guys, you know, wrist, a sprained wrist. We he has to he can't play. Right? So it doesn't take something like a blown out knee or a fractured hip for me to worry about will his baseball career be able to blossom like it would if he would have just went straight into it. That's that's what that's what I, that's how I'm looking at it. Let me ask you this, outside of the playoff, right? We're saying the final four mm-hmm. teams that make it there. With this thought process of what could go wrong injury-wise. Let's say there's a a high-profile future draft pick. Big-time prospect, right? And he's not in the playoff. Would you start to question if he plays the bowl game? No. No, that because it's a business now. Mm-hmm. Right? It's That's the, the latest trend. It's it's about the business. And guys, when they get closer and closer to making themselves eligible for the draft, realize every hit matters. Every hit matters. And... You look at um, Willis McGahee. Remember right. him? Remember what happened in that bowl oh, game? Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm saying, like, I, maybe I said it the wrong way. Would you start to look at them sideways for playing a um, bowl game that isn't in the playoffs? Well, it, well, it just it de- it depends. If it's not in the playoffs and it the bowl game can't help your status, mm-hmm. right? Because you don't move up in the draft by your bowl game. That, that that it's not happening. You move up in the draft by your combine work, your combine workout and uh, your senior bowl of practice or your um, uh, individual workout, your private workout at at your college. That's how you move up in the draft. Mm-hmm. Your bowl game doesn't do it for you because they have plenty of footage to watch of you during the year, depending on right. your conference. You know the level of of competition you've gone up against playing in the bowl, playing in the 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 mighty key tire bowl or the 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 Wisconsin uh, Welterbrook Bowl like that's <laughs> the beef ramen noodles bowl. Seriously, yeah. and and we joke about these names, but last year we played a game about these bowl games, and some of them you say this can't be a bowl, and it is right. The <laughs> let me think about it. Uh, memory recovery bowl, like all all kinds of, you know, re- ridiculous bowl games, and so you find yourself in a position like, is this really going to help help me in 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 my draft prospect? Absolutely so do not. You, do you no. look at them sideways for playing? Yes, yeah, playing. I, I do. Yeah, you do. I do. Okay, I do. I mean, you're staying consistent. I know it's one game versus an entire season for Kyler Murray. But it's the same thought process. It is. It is. Like, why would you hurt your future when you couldn't improve it? You get what I'm saying? Like, you can't improve your draft position by playing in one of those bowls. Now, if it's the playoffs and you want to add a national championship to your resume and you're on that stage, 
then yeah, but playing a game on Wednesday, December fifteenth at right at eleven a.m. on ESPN UU dot three. That's not going. That's that's not going to do anything for you. That your chance for hurting your draft yeah. stock increases. I got you. I would just say this, and uh, we'll leave it at that. I would just say not everything is tied to your draft status. You know, if mm-hmm. there's a kid that's like, hey, man, I just I always dreamed about playing in the Orange Bowl. Remember when Dalvin Cook played in the Orange Bowl and was awesome? Yeah. Florida State, he had an unbelievable game. He could have gotten hurt in that game. Mm-hmm. And he knew that. He knew the risks going in. So if a kid says, hey, man, I understand this could hurt my draft status, but I just want to be there for my teammates. I want to play in this game, and I want to end my college career in style. I'm not going to crush him for that. No, I I would never be like he's in, you know, that's not very smart. I wouldn't do that. What Mm -hmm. I said is I understand if a kid doesn't. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. All right, coming up next from the Geico Studios, when will the madness end? I'm Brian No, he's E from Salam. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No, he's E from Salam. This is Fox Sports Radio coming to you from the Geico Studios. You know, I I was wondering, I'm hoping, Ephraim, I still have my list out, things that we agree on. You know, I'm keeping a running total here. Okay. I got my fingers crossed that we're going to agree on this thing because we've butted heads on UCF in the past, but I'm holding out hope that you're going you're gonna to see eye to eye with me on this one. UCF is currently beating South Carolina State. That's an FCS school. My thought is that UCF, with their weak conference, cannot play FCS schools in a non-conference schedule. You with me? Um, yes. Thank you. Yeah. God, this isn't Bama yeah. or Clemson or one of the big boys. You're yeah, UCF. I get it. You play in a bad league. You can't be playing FCS schools. What are you doing? I get it. I understand that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You gotta do, in order to get that respect, and it's what Boise did. When Boise uh, beat Oklahoma, then they started scheduling, you know, Power Five conference teams and yeah. beating them. That's right. And that's what you have to do. Like, you can't take the easy approach. You can't take the, you know, let's pad their stats and let's, you know, you you got to you got to make a statement. Once you get your team to a point where, you know, you had an undefeated season. You're still not getting respect. You got to start earning and and taking your respect. And That's by right. that is you have to start scheduling SEC teams, you know, Pac-12 teams, Big Ten, Big Twelve, all of these type of teams. Right? They're like, nah. Let's target the FCS. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. That's not gonna fly. I, I got to get your take on Le'Veon Bell because the latest news he's not reporting. He is surrendering his week one game check, which is $853,000. So just in the neighborhood of a million bucks, he's giving up here. I look at it like this, Ephraim. I think that he and his agent, depending on how long this holdout is, they might be looking to uh, earn, to, to win financially in the long run. Where they're trying to extend his career. The guy had 406 touches last year. That's a lot of touches, man. 
It's a lot of touches, man. In and a two-bag lead? really fast. In a yeah. two-bag lead, that is a lot of touches. Like, seriously. It really is. People are yeah. not understanding that aspect of it. Like, you, you, when you carry the load, that's literally carrying the load. And how much more of that can he take? Right. And so if he holds out for a number of weeks, it might not seem like a whole lot. But not having that wear and tear, that could extend his career. He could be in the league another year, or he could have a deal with more guaranteed money on it. So from that standpoint, it makes some sense for him individually. Yeah, it does. And it's a business. Like The the thing I don't like about when fans get together or people start reporting on players holding out, they forget the business aspect. But when a team franchise tags a player and doesn't renegotiate, it's all, oh, it's a business. It's part of the business. Yeah, the other part of the business is the only leverage the player has is himself, right? If you have one of the top five or top the best running back in the league and you know you're the best running back in the league, mm-hmm. then you're your only leverage, period. And you, so you use that in your negotiation tactics. Which is, look, I'm not coming to camp because I need a contract for longevity and for security. And it's insulting with the contract that you guys offered me. And, oh, by the way, you worked me harder than any running back last year. (laughs) Right? So when you're looking at this, it's easy to say, I can't believe he's giving up almost a million dollars and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but. In terms of a business, like you said, a business um, decision, I'm in favor of that, and he's in the right because the only leverage is him. When he reports, his leverage is gone. That's right. Yeah, it's gone. It's, it's over gone. and done. It's with. over. Right. Look, look, look. A uh, close friend of mine, Dwayne Brown, held out nine weeks last year. Mm-hmm. Wanted a new contract or wanted out of of Houston, pretty much. Offensive tackle, their best lineman, and. He decided that, look, I'm prepared to sit out the whole season. And he came back in week nine, played one game against Seattle. Mm -hmm. And that Monday, after the Sunday game, he was traded to Seattle. Well, obviously, they wanted him to come in to see if, you know, the playing shape he was in. He showed up that Friday prior to the game on Sunday, came in, played well, and got traded. But he held out. He just re-upped this offseason on an extension. It worked in his favor. This is what Le'Veon Bell is, is, is doing, right? Whether he holds out, you know, the entire year, whatever it is. I talked to Dwayne. Dwayne was like, look, I'm prepared financially to hold out the entire season, mm-hmm. period. And once you, as a player, you – make that commitment and you understand then you you roll with it, you stick with it and i and look i get what he's doing to a lot of people to people on the outside looking in 14 million dollars is a lot of money and they're turning their nose up at how can you how dare you not show up to make 14 million dollars but, but you, you're just you got to think bigger than just week yes, one you do you, know? you got to think bigger than that and Literally, if he got a Todd Gurley-like deal in terms of guaranteed money, we were talking about that a few weeks ago. 
when Le'Veon Bell, his offer, it was $10 million in rolling guarantees. Right. <laughs> it's like well, ro- rolling guarantees. Run that by me again. That doesn't sound like guarantees exactly. No, not not at all. And they were like, well, we offered him $70 million. You did not offer him $70 million. <laughs> right. The chances of him seeing half of that were null and void. Right? And and people don't understand it. All, they get so caught up in the the total number, like the number. Right, seventy million dollars. He didn't want that seventy million. Oh, he's selfish. He's a, a you know entitled athlete. Yada yada yada. Just you have to look past it. You have to look past that and understand these contracts. They're not NBA contracts. They're not baseball yeah. contracts. They're not hockey contracts. We're starting to see some guys get those type of contracts, but for the most part, you offer somebody seventy million dollars, four year, five year, seventy million dollar deal with ten million guaranteed. That's a one year deal worth $10 million, which is less than if he signed his his uh, tender, which is $14 million. You tell me, does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's looking to make up finances in the long run. Right. That's the whole thing. And so fans in the media, especially fans, they're going to look at week one. How could you – you're turning down 853000 You don't think his agent knows that? Do you think his agent, who's in the business of not only looking out for the best interest of his client, but looking out for the best interest of both of their pocketbooks, this is a long-term plan. This isn't like, hey, Le'Veon, do you need 853000 No? Yeah, I don't need a commission off that either, so we're good. Like, right. That's not how they're doing business here. And you look at the other two players who are holding out, right? You look at... Uh, Aaron Donald. Paid. Paid. You look <laughs> at Khalil Mack, traded and then paid. Pizzade. I like to call that Pizzade. Yeah. All right? And the 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 difference <laughs> is those teams, in terms of the Rams, they valued him. They were trying to work the deal out. They got it done. He'll be ready to go Sunday. The Raiders didn't want to get the deal done, but they knew that there was going to be held over their heads the entire season. Lomax said, I'm prepared to sit it all out. So they found – and they got some great picks. I don't think it was a great deal for them because uh, the chances of any of those first-round picks being Khalil Mack are better, very slim to none. But the fact of the matter is those players held out because they knew the value that they brought to a franchise. Right. Uh, the value that Steve DeSager brings to our franchise – Unbelievable. Cannot be underestimated. There's no doubt about that. He's with us. What's going on, Steve? Good evening, gentlemen. We will get to that tennis in a minute, but we do have college football to update. Number two, Clemson is up 14-3 at Texas A&M, a minute to go until halftime. Number three, Georgia got a 41-17 victory at number 24, South Carolina. Eighth rake, Notre Dame, 24-16 over Ball State. Wins in the top ten for Alabama and Ohio State, for Wisconsin, Oklahoma, and Washington. Number 10, Stanford is about to host number 17, USC, on Fox TV. The game that just ended on Fox at Iowa, Hawkeyes 13-3 winners against Iowa State. In progress, late third quarter at number 14, West Virginia, 35-14 Mountaineers over Youngstown State. LSU up 17-0 on Southeast Louisiana late second quarter. Late third, UCF 38-0 over South Carolina State. It's Miami 42-0 over Savannah State late in the third. You get the idea. And we have Kentucky (laughs) at Florida. Guys, 
Kentucky has lost 31 straight matchups to the Florida Gators. Early second quarter, Kentucky leads 7-3 at 25th ranked Florida. Oh, yeah. Steelers holdout running back Le'Veon Bell was officially a no-show. He'll forfeit a game check. Seattle activated former holdout safety Earl Thomas. He will play tomorrow at Denver. Justin Rose leads the PGA playoff event. Rory McIlroy is tied for second one stroke back after his 63 today. Baseball wins today for Houston and Oakland. And Serena Williams lost the U.S. Open final, swept by Naomi Osaka, 6-2-6-4, a player that had never even been to a quarterfinal in a Grand Slam event. Guys, there are some moments just as a general sports fan, you, you can't believe what you're seeing. It's so entertaining. It's so unexpected. It reminded me as the match was going on a bit of that first Giants-Patriots Super Bowl where New England was such a big favorite And then you're seeing pressure on Tom Brady like you hadn't seen before. And you're thinking, my goodness, this might actually happen today. This is what actually happened today is Serena Williams met power and hitting like she really doesn't see. And she got beat, beat up. And then the story, of course, will be Serena's reactions called for three code violations. Dr. Game at one point. Yeah, absolutely. There's some drama going on at the U.S. Open final. He's Steve DeSager. I'm Brian No, alongside Ephraim Salam. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. You want to hear some sound from this bad boy, Ephraim? Yeah, man, tee it up. Man, here we go. Here's Serena Williams yelling at the ref and saying that she didn't cheat so we'll listen to the sound and then we'll lay out everything afterward yeah that's a warning i didn't get coaching i didn't get coaching i didn't get coaching you need to take you need to make an announcement that i didn't get coaching i don't cheat i didn't get coaching how can you say that the fact that serena still you need to you need to you owe me an apology you owe me an apology you owe me an apology Wow. Mm. That was on a U.S. Open radio. How she hit that never note. That you know, was, Ephraim? That was intense. That was intense. I have never cheated in my life. I felt that from Serena. And uh, th- so the whole thing was they thought that she was receiving coaching where there was just a thumbs up. There was some sort of signal. They took it as coaching, which isn't allowed. And she was like, I wasn't receiving coaching. If I may say, guys, it absolutely was coaching. And the coach himself right after the match said, yes, of course I was coaching. What Serena said on the court to the umpire was, he just gave me a thumbs up. He just like, Mm -hmm. and we looked at the replay and it wasn't at all a thumb up. It was with his hands. This is what to do on the court to change your strategy, get to the net. It was obvious coaching. It was an obvious violation. She lied to the umpire in her excuse and lied later, asking an apology from the umpire for the call. So that when she, second second violation, destroys her racket in McEnroe-like fashion after losing yet another point, that makes it her second violation of the day. That automatically costs her a point. Yes, Steve DeSager is all over it, as he always is, covering all bases here. That's right. So she thought that she was docked a point for the responding to them saying it was coaching, busted her racket. That was the first point. And then the second point was when she called him a thief. <laughs> and that's when they docked her a game. It's a whole thing, Ephraim. Crazy how it went down, but...
I mean, you you can't go to that extent if they are legitimately penalizing you. Take that in another sport, you know? Yeah, you you as a player, and emotions are something that players have had problems, you know, dealing with throughout the, the history of, of competition. It's mm-hmm. very emotional. For people who don't understand that level of commitment and that level of of f- mental fortitude I- in terms of 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 competing at the highest levels it it seems like outbursts and being out of control when you see Odell Beckham and he's assaulting the kicker's net which hit him back by the way you're like oh my he's got to get himself under control Professional right. athletes, it's really tough to do that because once that emotional dam breaks, it's hard to put it back. It's hard, especially during the current the event you're in, it's hard to tuck that back in and start thinking differently. It's very difficult to do because it's all part of when you're in a, especially when you're in a situation and you're not performing up to your standard, right. then you're even you, more emotional. You just can't and anything can set it off and once it's once you set it off then you just go and 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 I understand it watching this and listening to it now I I get that I know what that that I've been there before you know I've I've been there I've been in that hole it's like a rabbit hole and I and I've I've tried to claw myself out of it but you just mentally you just can't do it and it showed in the rest of uh, of the match for her well, and then we've got Serena during the trophy presentation uh, talking to ESPN. Listen to her comments here. I can't sit here and say I wouldn't say he's a thief because I thought he took a game from me. But I've seen other men call other umpires several things. And I'm here fighting for women's rights and for women's equality and for all kinds of stuff. And for me to say thief and for him to take a game... It made me feel like it was a sexist remark. I mean, like, how uh, he's never took a game from a man because they said thief. Okay. And that was the press conference. I mean, like, she's moving the goalposts here. I think that's a legitimate point because we have seen a lot of meltdowns over the years by men and they haven't been penalized. So I understand where she's coming from. But if you're saying, I didn't get coaching, that that shouldn't be a point. And then you call him a thief and it's another point, it's a game and all. What she initially objected to, they called properly. So if it goes from there, I look at everything stemming from the initial call, which was right. It would be like if we, tomorrow, you know, week one of the NFL, if there's a terrible pass interference penalty, or let's say it's a legitimate pass interference penalty, and someone just melts down, I'm a father, I have never cheated in my life, and it just goes on from there. Like, it stems from the call being right. To begin with, you understand what I'm saying, Ephraim? Yeah, it it it, it is, and 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 you, and you have to know tennis and know the nuances of player coach relationships, right? This isn't something that's never happened before, or it's you know this is something that's rarely ever called, and there's signals between players and coaches all the time, and I think that. That combined with how she was playing and, you know, her outbursts and her emotions, you know, it's you can bring it to a place where 
you know, equality can be questioned in terms of, look, I've been doing this for a long time. This happens all the time. Why are you lashing out at me? Why would you take a game from me? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's still emotional. It's still, look, she just lost the U.S. Open. Right. You know, it's not going to be, oh, uh, it definitely wasn't enough time uh, to sit back and, and, and retrospect what happened and, and how you dealt with it. Now when she goes home and she sees it and hears it, and it may be something different, you know, the, the next time we hear from her. But it, right then in the moment, she's expressing how she feels and – you have to remember, she has been a champion for – she is is one of the reasons women get paid more in tennis now on right, equal par yeah. as men. So you can never discredit I – know, I know when you say she moved the goalposts, I get what you're saying, but you can right. never discredit because we don't know the battles she's had to fight. Right. Well, I mean, sure, if, but, but you got to also look at stuff in a vacuum as well. And if you look at just this right here, right now, I, I think it's an overreaction. I think it's like this, Ephraim. I'll say this quickly. You ever get caught speeding, you know? I would and never your reaction, speed. Never speed? Uh, I've never. Never done that. <laughs> uh, I've had a reaction like many where it's like everybody else was going 15 miles per hour over the speed limit oh, or so whatever it was. Oh, okay. No, no, I'm just saying, why, why, why okay. are you pulling me over? Cool. Why is it just me? Why are you targeting me? And then you cool down and you're like, I was going 15 miles per hour over the speed limit. He had a right to pull me over and give me a ticket. And I think that's the comparison with Serena Williams. She's objecting to getting coaching when a lot of other tennis players are getting coaching and not penalized for it. It's the equivalent of getting caught speeding and you're upset at the cop for giving you a ticket. You cool down and you're like, well... He was within his rights to give me a ticket. So it is an overreaction. Yeah, I, and you're right. That's a good assessment, right? Offensive lineman. If you call me holding, call the yeah. holding penalty on me every play, I'm like, what? Right. Are you, <laughs> so I'm the only one. Yeah, right. oh, I'm, I'm, right. oh, it's just me. <laughs> right. I'm the only one. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so I get, I get it. I understand that. All right, coming up next from the Geico Studios, it is a joyous occasion today. An ugly, just decrepit trend is finally dead. We will celebrate that coming up next. I'm Brian No, He is Ephraim Salam. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No, He's Ephraim Salam. This is Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the Geico Studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. It is time to celebrate, big man. We've got something where we can just, you know, let our hair down, pop some bottles, whatever you do to celebrate. The Kansas Jayhawks. They had a 46-game road losing streak. 46 (laughs) games. Finally snapped. And not only did they snap it, they beat Central Michigan 31-7. to Blew them out. That... Amazing. Akeem like, Tlaib is smiling, you know. What else? Uh, who else do we have? Akeem Tlaib might have gone to state. I'm going to have to check that. <laughs> but uh, Chris Harris Jr. with the Broncos, he's smiling ear to ear as a former Kansas Jayhawk. Unbelievable. That's awesome. I love that. It's nothing, it's nothing like going into a season, especially when you've been bad. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And, and saying – 
this is our year. Things are going to be different this year. And you're so used to it not working out that way that when you finally accomplish, you finally win, it's no better feeling. It's, it's like winning the national championship in that one week. But that's right. good to – yeah. look, but no matter how small the victory is, it's good to build off of that. Yeah, and I mean, I don't want to be Debbie Downer here, but the It seems side, like you're getting ready to go I'm to just, Debbie Downerville. What does the head coach of Central Michigan tell his team? <laughs> what is that conversation like? Oh, well, man. guys, we played a tough opponent. No, we. Uh, well, I mean, they had a lot of momentum. No, no. Uh, guys, sometimes you just have a bad day. Yeah, I don't know what he goes with. He goes with, "You're going to hate me this week in practice." <laughs> there you go. That's usually where the coaches go, <laughs> right? They're going to. Beat and run the disappointment out of you. <laughs> that's right. That's that's the football mentality. Oh, oh, you guys didn't want to prepare. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's my fault. He'll he'll tell the media, "Hey, it's my fault. I didn't get him prepared." Whenever you hear that from a coach, oh, man. you know it's not going to be player friendly that next week in practice. <laughs> I've been on the other side of that. I I didn't prepare them speeches. And that is not what you want. Oh, goodness <laughs> gracious. Especially not in college. Right? I and, just picture you going to practice like, oh, coach said it was on him. And then practice starts and you're like, what is all this running for, man? Right. I thought it was on coach here. Goodness. Hey, guys, we're going to start off differently. We're going to do our conditioning at the beginning of practice. Okay? <laughs> By the way, what did you hate the most? Did you hate grassers or up-downs or Grassers. Whatever you, I don't call know them. what grassers are. Uh, it's like you kind of you're running in place, and they blow the whistle, and you have to oh, you jump mean down. down to the ground. You guys yeah, call them down. grassers? There's like 50 different names for them. Yeah, but yeah, never but grasses. I, I've never heard never grasses. No, I've up downs. I've been playing football for over 20 some too. odd years. Never heard grassers. <laughs> Maybe you played on astroturf your whole career. No, I don't no, know. no, no. Field I, turf. Just no. Did you hate those? Did you hate the up downs? I, I hated up downs. Everybody hates up downs. Yeah. Everybody. But I hated him. I'm 5'11". You know? Just imagine how far I have to go. Oh, dude, brutal. All right, coming up next from the Geico Studios, an NFL player gives us a sneak peek that there will not be a strike. You know, I was just talking to the crew. Lee Robert DeLapp IV, he is in for our guy Gavin Kinzel this evening, Ephraim. And Bobo, Bobo is with us as well. He is in for Papa Bear. So, uh... It's kind of like a line shift in hockey, you know? Right, but we're glad right. to have both of them with us. And so I just heard a promo from Clay Travis, and his bold prediction is that the Patriots miss the playoffs, which is crazyville. Crazy town. Well, is that uh, rare coming from Clay Travis? That he'd be wow, in crazy town? Okay, you're saying crazy opinions are fluent? Come on, man. That's not that's not <laughs> a secret. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything. I'm not breaking news here. Oh, One man. thing I always do is I always keep it real. Yeah. Well, that is true. You do that. Um, Can't help it. So I asked the crew. I was like, hey, what's your bold prediction? And Lee says that a receiver will reach 2,000 yards receiving. This year? This season. Yeah. And I said, who? And he's like, 
Anyone. That's bold enough. I don't have to specify. Well, <laughs> now, come on. Lee, that's all you got? Anybody? Hey, Jerry Rice, 1848 one year. I think another wide receiver could pe- pass that. If, if ever a year, it could be this season. You said 2,000. 2,000. Who was the closest to do that? Megatron, Jerry, right? Megatron. Jerry Rice, he was close. Megatron. Jerry Rice, 1848. Well, Jer- yeah. Jerry Rice did have 1848 one year. Right. But Megatron, Megatron was, was in the 1900s. Yeah, he was he was yeah. really close to to 2000 right, one year. Right, right, right. So, yeah. So, Are there somebody, any Megatrons? Yeah. Oh, there's, in DeAndre, the, there's a DeAndre Hopkins. There's a – if Josh Gordon plays a full season. Okay, mm. but so, again, I ask you, are there any Megatrons? Because There's he only one Megatron. Man. Well, actually, there's two Megatrons, but he <laughs> like that one year I played in Detroit, and I met him for the first time, and I shook his hand, and he looked me eye to eye as a six eight offensive lineman. I'm looking at a receiver I, whose hands were bigger than mine. I said, "Wow!" I said, yeah. "What in the who in the world <laughs> who created Good this guy?" Lord, yeah, that you don't understand how that feels like as. <laughs> Usually one of the biggest guys on the field to walk up to the receiver. Like, say we're in the huddle, right? And we're in the huddle, and we're just looking at each other eye to eye. And I'm like, what is – if I lose 100 pounds, I could be him. Goodness Made you think about – you know, dropping some weight and being a wide receiver. No, I had had those days. (laughs) In high school, you got to remember, I was 185 pounds. You know, I wasn't – Big at all? I didn't, you know. I, you know, that's but just that happened later. You were 185 pounds at six five. Six five. You realize I'm five eight and I'm one seventy four. Do you know how thin you were? Yes, I do know how thin. <laughs> God. <laughs> yes, I do. Like it, it's crazy. It's what? that. I mean, that's just what it was. What's your uh, your bold prediction this year, Ephraim? You already know what it is. That the 49ers get to at least six and ten. Is that what you're going with? You they they're in the playoffs. Oh, playoffs. Playoffs. 49ers are in the playoffs? Yeah. Man, I was off I was almost off to a good start with I'm, my bold prediction that the Eagles missed the playoffs as defending champions. But nope, nope. Matt Ryan and and company couldn't get in in the red zone at the end of the at the ball game. So didn't work out, man. Tough. Tough. <laughs> By the way, Julio Jones had 1871 in 2015, and Antonio Brown 1834 in 2015 as well. Okay. I mean, it's bold. It, There's no it, denying it's a bold prediction. It would have been bolder if you were to put a name to the stat. You right. can't just throw a blanket <laughs> stat out there and be like, anyone who does it. Hey, man, right. when somebody does it, that's huge. That's out on a limb. That's like a quarterback. Throwing for 6,000 yards in one season. It's like, who are you talking about? Aaron Rodgers. Well, huh? anyone. It's bold enough. Right, right. Like anybody gets anybody there, can do it. Anybody can do it. No, anyone can't do it. It's literally three people who have the who maybe can do I'll, that. All right. I'll put maybe on Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, and Josh Gordon. All right. So what? you've whittled it down from the league to three receivers. No Odell Beckham? I'll put DeAndre Hopkins in front of Odell. Okay. Hmm. He does. He have okay. a better. He has a better quarterback, right? Now he does. Oh, I like it. Okay. Hmm. So now we got a bold prediction with three names attached to it. That's four. More, four. That's more four. like it. <laughs> might as well add some more. Let's go top ten. Hell, might as well. Can I do Tyreek Hill all-purpose yards? <laughs> no. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> 
It's morphing. This prediction is morphing. It's, I like it. It's it really is. It really is. It's growing now. It's yeah. growing. Chances are getting better, you know. I want to get a, a bold prediction from Steve DeSager coming up next. You know, I don't want to throw it on him right away. I want him to think about it a little bit, and we'll get his. Bobo, are you sticking with the Cowboys Yeah, in my, the Super Bowl? Yeah, you going Cow- with that? Huh? Cowboys hitting the Super Bowl is my bold prediction. Okay. That's pretty bold. Yeah, it is. Pretty, pretty <laughs> bold. Especially You're, how we played preseason, not looking pretty good for us right now. You guys have no receivers, but. Not a single one. You can run the ball. We got Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley's still good. Michael yeah. Gallup might be okay as a rookie. Yeah. Might, be, might, might be. Might be. Might be not good for bold predictions. I might hit the lottery tomorrow. Right. Come on now. Uh, I think that Michael Gallup might be. It's probably better odds that he's good than you hitting the lottery. That is true. That is better odds. Yeah. But it's still, we it's it's the unknown. Yeah. Now your bold prediction is still like. See how everybody went bold prediction in a positive way. <laughs> You're the I only went, uh, one that went bold prediction in a negative way. <laughs> What's his bold prediction? Right. See that that that's, the Eagles miss the playoffs. I'm oh going Eagles God. miss out. This is this is what I'm talking about, B. Everyone that's, is thinking. That, everybody's not, thinking. No. Everybody's no. thinking. You know, going up and and uh, accomplishing something, and you're just stripping things away. No, see, what? you're you are you're like the anti agent. Is that that's not, what you are? Is that you know, not like accurate? An agent would make you look good and like, oh, hey, this guy, and here's the positives, and this is what's really good, and here's the skill set, and he'll highlight the attributes. Yeah, you're the anti agent. You're that? the other guy. You'll come in, and you're like, here's a guy. I want to tell you about this Debbie Downer over here, and look at what he's doing in this aspect and over in this aspect. That's how you get down. No shot. All I'm saying is. Every single person that we've mentioned on this show and then the show We haven't passed, talked to Steve DeSager. Okay, Maybe we'll he's going to say something we'll, negative. We'll see, but as of right now, has anyone made a bold prediction in a, with a negative connotation towards it? What? what? Has anyone? Just, so, it's why a yes is that or no. off the table? It's a why, yes or why no. Why would that be off the table? It's not off the table. I didn't okay, say then. it was off the table. What I right. said was <laughs> everyone we've talked to so far. Uh-huh. Their bold prediction was something positive for a team. You're the only one that had I'm something negative you know to say Steve about DeSager's a team. Steve's mic is hot. Let's see. Come on, Let's Steve. Okay. Steve. Don't let don't let say. me down, Steve. I had to think of a couple just on the fly here. Okay. 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 Tight end. I love Trey Burton in that Bears offense. Uh, so sounds, I'll say this sounds positive here. Yeah, Uh-oh. it's going to be positive, Debbie Downer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say top three in tight end touchdowns this year. Same realm as Gronk, Kelsey, Ooh. Trey Burton. Wow. wow, okay. Top three in tight end Trey touchdowns. Burton. Also, as far as rushing, I love Alex Collins for a full season with Baltimore. So easy top ten rusher for the entire league, Alex Collins. Hmm. Those seem very positive, uh, Steve. Wow. Very positive. I know, I've been listening to one co-host over another. I apologize. That That is outrageous, Nobody Steve. That is the worst thing that you've said ever on these airwaves. Nobody wants to be in the, in, the, in, the, in the arena with you, man. Let me ask you a question here, Ephraim. Go you ahead. ever see these uh, betting lines before the season? Yeah. You know, you see season win totals? Mm-hmm. You can take the under. You realize that. Yeah. Do you go to the betting window and just bet over for every team? Well, I don't go to the betting window. If you were to. But if I were to, then it it would depend on the team, right? Right. So 
But I would I'm walking look, down I would, this road with you. I would there look might for be the a couple of teams that you would take the under on. I'll give me an example. Let's say the Bills. Okay. Who you <laughs> always, high always the number one. Used yeah. to be the Browns. Now it's the Bills. How about the Bills? Mm-hmm. If you see their season win total, I don't know the line in front of me. It's probably like around six and a half. Are you going to go over? No. Can't go over okay. on that. Okay. All right. But is that the Debbie line, Downer. though? Is that the line, though? <laughs> it's got to be right there. But is it? We need to find You can figure that. Somebody to Lee, find out yeah, what the line find is. find this out. You should have it pulled up. You know, you know, you hit well, the windows off. a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they, they go up and down, you know? Here, let's see. I could get it for you real quick. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying. It's a, you, it's Here we a, go. Okay. Buffalo, five and a half. That's what it is. Hmm. I, yeah, I would go under. I would go under there. Debbie Downer? No, nah, it's just how that's da- reality. How dare you? That's reality. Like, we're trying to be positive on this show, Ephraim, and you're taking the under on the Bills. The difference, is, the difference is that's one thing. You come to the table with the with the doom and gloom the majority of just, the time. I had a tease. We had a celebration for the Kansas Jayhawks. I put them in the spotlight. I and understand that. Whoop just, just goes right What's by I, you. No, it doesn't. What I said mm-hmm. was the majority of the time, it's in a negative connotation with you. You do have this, some positive. I think this point that you're making has a negative connotation. No, come on. I, 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 does seem that way. Oh, <laughs> right, we got to pay this tease off coming up. From the Geico Studios. We are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Coming up, there is a player that gives us a sneak peek into how the next CBA negotiations are going down in the NFL. Will there be a player strike? Will there not be? You can look at one guy and tell how it's going to go. I'm Brian No. He is Ephraim Salam. This is Fox Sports Radio. It's Brian Noe and Ephraim Salam here on Fox Sports Radio coming to you from the Geico Studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. I, I love this. Lee Robert Lap the fourth. He's like Steve DeSager. He keeps us tapped in, Ephraim. And Lee just told me that there is a perfect game going on by Royals pitcher Jorge Lopez. <laughs> They're heading into the bottom of the eighth inning. Way to go. And it's like, nice try, baseball. Nice try. But that's, mm-hmm. that's not going to produce no one a whole cares. lot of conversation. Yeah, no one cares. <laughs> They're looking at that. It was like, oh, yeah, but southeastern Louisiana is playing, L- <laughs> playing yeah. LSU. It's rough, man. It really is. It's rough to make hay during a Saturday or a Sunday for a non-football sport. Yeah. That's not easy. No, it's not. And, you know, people would probably rather watch Auburn and Alabama State, which uh, is it's 42 to 2 in favor of Auburn right now. Mm. We got SC and, and Stanford going on, you know? See if Bryce Love can get on track. Yeah, we'd like to see that, but uh, we have direct TV here in the studios. and uh, Well, they don't have the Pac-12 network. <laughs> well, you don't need it, man. It's on Fox. It's on Fox? Yeah, man. You don't have SC in there? 
Come on, guys. You know better than that. Right. <laughs> goodness. Come on, guys. <laughs> Lee's got Royals baseball on in there, huh? Lee, come on, man. <laughs> All right, now. Uh, you got to be this... better than this, Lee, okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Look at this. Lee, hey, I got you hooked Lee. up on my spectrum. Yeah, on no, your computer no one right cares. I'm logging out. <laughs> Lee, go stand in the corner. I'm sorry. Go stand in the corner. Put your back towards the wall, and you can't speak until our next break. <laughs> the funny thing is, you know, when you give that command to Papa Bear, he just rages against the machine. Yeah, he's you know? just out of control. Yeah. Got a lot of anger built up. In right. You know, that beard is storing a lot of anger. It is. It is. And I like how Lee filling in, being cordial, you know, being very respectable. He's like, okay, that's fine. You know, I'll just stand in the corner. Right, I'm just going I'm, I'm gonna be here. If you guys need yeah. me, I'll be over here in the corner. <laughs> you shouldn't take advantage of Lee like that. No, I'm not. Lee's, Lee, a great, Lee's great, man. Yeah. So that um, spectrum off your computer in yeah. front of you. Right. <laughs> he, but you know I, what? I will say this. He was in the studio and they're trying to log me into his account, his spectrum account, so I can watch the game. So you only get to be in the corner for two minutes. Okay. You got a two minute timeout, and after that, you're good. Yeah. It's a minor for roughing or something like that. Yeah, it's like my know? four-year-old, right? Like when they Booking. do something wrong, I tell them to come in in my room and sit down over by the fireplace, right? And then they hate it. And if they continue to whine, I say, well, first of all, they come in, I say, Alexa, set the timer for two minutes or five minutes. <laughs> and then if they continue to whine, I say, Alexa, and they, well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because every time they whine, I add another minute and Three minutes to a four-year-old, it might as well be the whole day. Oh, man. Dude, I don't know if we got a broken-down Alexa, but our <laughs> Alexa doesn't know Jack. Dude, I don't know what happened. We got the the skimmed-down version or what? Maybe because you're calling her Agatha. Uh, <laughs> Agatha? Uh, what is the, the weather outside? It, it'll be the most basic stuff, Ephraim. I'll be like, Alexa, I don't know. What time is the Notre Dame game on? And it'll be like, boop, boop. I do not have that information. No one I'm cares like, about Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, the easiest stuff that they should be able to know. Alexa doesn't know. Hey. At least mine doesn't. Well, yeah. Hey, man. Hey, maybe because she feels your negative energy. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what it is because I will talk trash to Alexa. See, there you go. Like, as soon as she doesn't come with the information, you'll say, be like, yeah, you'll I'll be say, like, Alexa, yeah. what do you know? Right, see? And it'll be like, boop, boop, I do not have that information. Exactly. Like, see? Exactly. And Alexa's like, I'm not I'm not messing with him. You're not going to mess up my uh, AI day. All right? I'm not messing with him. By the way, Jorge Lopez, he's got two outs in the bottom of the eighth. Perfect game still intact, Ephraim. Hmm? That's amazing. Anything? We'll see. Anything from? We'll see. We'll see. I don't want right, to watch so- it. Just keep uh, updating me on it. Yeah, they might turn all the four TV channels on a Royals baseball there in the studio. No, you know? I don't think so. Now with uh, 78 more games to go. Yeah. How about this with Earl Thomas? He's been activated by the Seahawks. Seahawks plan to start him at safety tomorrow against the Broncos. And I think this is how the next CBA negotiation is basically going to go down. Now, let me preface this, big man. I'm not rooting for it to go down this way. I would like to see the players get more guaranteed money, some luxuries that they don't have right now. 
But this is the way it goes. When they don't have the leverage, the leverage is with the owners because they're billionaires. And the millionaire players, they might talk tough. They might say, oh, we're going to dig in our heels. You're hearing all this stuff from Richard Sherman. Oh, yeah, it's going to happen. Guys, are they're not guessing. They know what's going down. We're going to lock them. We're going to lock out. We're going to strike. At the end of the day, the strike is going to last maybe a couple of weeks. We're not going to have some long, drawn-out strike where we half the season don't have football or something like that. That's never the way it goes down. No, it doesn't. It doesn't because, um, first of all, it's too much money on the table for owners and players to stick to their guns, so to speak, right? It's enough pie for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's just how you slice that pie up. That's the biggest thing. And the owners love to be heavy-handed when they're cutting out their piece, which is oh, yeah. normal. That's not something shocking. You know, across the board in any at any job, very few CEOs say, "Hey, you know what? That mailroom guy, eh, I think we should uh, we should bump his pay up to what I'm making." Right. This doesn't happen. And for the NFL no. players, we're all mailroom guys compared to the owners. In the eyes of the owners, I'll tell you that. Yeah, and that's the thing you saw from Earl Thomas's Instagram post. He holds out throughout training camp, looking for a contract extension. He was saying. You're not going to give me one Seahawks, then trade me to someone else who will. And the Seahawks are like, well, we, sorry you feel that way, but you're not going anywhere. <laughs> and so Earl Thomas ends his holdout. And part of his Instagram post, he says, the disrespect has been well noted and will not be forgotten. But at the end of the day, he's going to be in uniform and he's going to be out there in week one because he didn't have leverage. And that's what I think is going to play out. The CBA isn't It doesn't expire until after the 2020 season. So we're still three seasons away from them hammering out a new deal. Right, right. I do not see between now and then when it comes time, when it eventually rolls around, you're going to hear a lot of talk. And we're going to have a couple more summers where you're going to see crazy NBA contracts Mm -hmm. and NFL players are like, what the hell? And we'll see you at the negotiating table and blah, blah, blah. But when it comes time for action... All of a sudden, they're kind of like scratching their heads like, you mean I stand to lose this much cash? I'm not feeling like striking anymore. What happens is, I call it the smoke and mirror. So what you do is you offer guys these ridiculous, a few guys these ridiculous contracts, right? And then you say, see, we're paying you guys. But you Mm got to realize, everybody's not making that type of money. But the fact that you can pay a handful of guys like that lends to the fact that we're taking care of you guys. We're giving you more and more guaranteed contracts. But everyone doesn't get a five-year, $140 million deal with 90 guaranteed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You get <laughs> more of the three-year extension for $25 million with 10 guaranteed, 11 guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a, which is a lot of money, but the perception of them paying everybody more money is what the owners are going for. Right. Like it's it's not what you think. Like my and this is a long way from when I came into the league. 
in my rookie year, starting all 19 games, including the, the Super Bowl, I made $165,000 before taxes. But when I got home, everyone thought I had a million dollars in my pocket because they just mm-hmm. watched me on in the Super Bowl. <laughs> right? Like, no, 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 no. I didn't, didn't have that. And I, I think that's what the, you know, the owners uh they they're leaning towards in terms of, hey, look what we're doing for you guys. But issues like healthcare forever and all of these other things. Uh, conduct code, punishment, all of those things get lost in the, you know, in the money talks. Yeah. It's just, that's the way it goes, man, is I understand that players have more than enough reason to have a legitimate beef and say, we need to be compensated more. We need this luxury. We need to have this concession made and all of that. But when it comes time to join the picket line, right? All of a sudden, it's a different dynamic. So I'm not believing the noise. I'm not believing the noise because we've seen negotiation after negotiation where there's been noise leading up to it, and all of a sudden, it doesn't result in some crazy strike. And you know as well as I do, E, from these owners, they are not giving concessions away out of the goodness of their heart. No. The only way they're going to do it is if they're forced to do it. Why do you think that players in college football still aren't paid? Because the NCAA hasn't had to. (laughs) Like, it's that simple. We've talked about it on this show. If it's the college football playoff, if it's the Final Four, and the teams are like, no, we're not showing up. All of a sudden, they're like, wow, there's a $20 bill laying around here. How about, here we go. There's cash. Right, all of a sudden, you can find it. Right, you got uh, got 100 on you. I think I got (laughs) some change here. All of a sudden, there's money. Right. Yeah. Until they are forced to pay, they will not pay. Well, you remember uh, a few years ago, Northwestern wanted to yep. unionize. That's right. Could you could you imagine if that would have, NCAA would have had a fit? Oh, and they were so close uh, to doing it. <laughs> they were on the doorstep so close. and they were like, no, nah, let's been, just support this mission. That would have been crazy. It would have been, yeah. That would have changed the face of college sports forever. It would have. Yeah, we might not be that far away from it actually going down that way. I would love to know the story behind the story of why that just magically went away. Yeah, because it disappeared, right? It just poof, gone. Like, oh, yep, yep, yep. They were all about about it, having rallies and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and then it was just gone. And then it was just like, hey. Hey, wasn't a couple weeks ago? Oh, no? Oh, okay. (laughs) That's good. Uh, by the way, uh, Steve DeSager is with us this evening. Mm-hmm. I'm still waiting for a uh, a negative in nature, <laughs> out on a limb prediction coming up from Steve DeSager at some point. Still waiting. But we are in a minute going to get your Jorge Lopez update. So yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about. That, Steve. ladies and gentlemen, is what's known as a tease. Okay, well, so update some games of college football from non-ranked teams, shall we? Because Arkansas at the half is only up 13-9 to at Colorado State. And let's update Florida State. They're getting shut out at home by mm. Samford late in the first quarter. 13-0 for the visitors over the Seminoles. Texas Tech won 77 nothing against Lamar. Come on. Uh, just one guy, apparently. It was 11 <laughs> on one. No, Come no on, wonder. Man. Old Miss 76-41 winners <laughs> against Southern Illinois. And Miami has just won 77 nothing against Savannah State. See, that... Fill in the blanks. We're all with you on that one. That... 
You, you know, he can't do that. The Central right. Florida game that you brought up earlier, Bry, they are ranked 19th and were playing South Carolina State. Shut them out 38 nothing. but Central Florida had 11 penalties, and their quarterback for UCF, Mackenzie Milton, one touchdown, three interceptions against wow. South Carolina State. What are you doing? He's a good player, too. <laughs> I know. That's not going to be good. Speaking going of good players, the quarterback at West Virginia, Will Greer, four touchdowns against Youngstown State. That's now a final. West Virginia, 52-17. to Greer with 332 yards passing. Late third quarter, Clemson has scored. An extra point will make it 28-13 at Texas A&M. Again, late third. We mentioned earlier that Kentucky has lost 31 straight games head-to-head against Florida. Early third quarter at 25th-ranked Florida, it's Gators just 10-7 over Kentucky. The game on Fox TV, Stanford a 7-0 leader against USC early in the second quarter. Penn State leads 7-6 still at Pitt late in the second quarter. Auburn's leading at the half against Alabama State 42-2. And late third quarter, it's LSU at Southeastern Louisiana 24-0. Now your baseball update. Ah, uh, yes. Perfect game through eight innings. They're now in Jorge. the top of the ninth. The Royals leading at Minnesota four to nothing. Jorge Lopez, who's barely had any major league starts, not only eight perfect innings, four strikeouts as well. He's thrown in even 100 pitches, so we assume he'll come out for the ninth inning. Jorge Lopez, I looked it up, from Puerto Rico, a second rounder of the Milwaukee Brewers. They just traded him this summer to get Mike Moustakas, and here he is in a Royals uniform throwing a perfect game through eight. The St. Louis Cardinals are tied 3-3 at Detroit, bottom of the ninth. Tigers have bases loaded one out in that game. Phillies are now trailing 9-3 at the Mets in the top of the seventh. Brewers are winning 4-3 over the Giants in the top of the eighth. San Francisco has lost six in a row, and uh, Rockies first in the NL West, leading the Dodgers 4-1, bottom of the fifth. Earlier, Georgia and Notre Dame got football victories. Great news, there's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. In 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. And Serena Williams did lose the U.S. Open final, swept by Naomi Osaka, guys. Good stuff, Steve DeSager, as always, still waiting for that uh, negative in nature, bold prediction, NFL. Not going to happen. You're the only I, one. I, I, I think that Steve's got a trick up his sleeve. I'm Brian No, he's from Salam. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Anything in particular you're looking forward to in week one, big man? Is there a game that you're kind of honing in on? You're like, oh, man, ready for that one. Um. I, I really want to see. I'm I'm really intrigued by that uh, 49ers Vikings game, and also yeah. want to see the Texans uh, Patriots. Yeah, that was a great G-G. game. Like, that was, yeah, that was a great game uh, between the Patriots and and the Texans last year. Oh, it was. Oh, it totally was. It was a great game. So you know, and get, Bill have, O'Brien got very conservative at the end. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. And you know, having JJ Watt back and mm-hmm. merciless and and. Honey Badger all, over honey, there now. Honey Badger having all their pieces uh, and and the lack of a receiving core that New England has it, it makes for a, a compelling matchup and I'm looking forward to see how that shakes out. Yeah, absolutely it does. I love this Cowboys Carolina matchup. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, Matt Khalil is on IR left tackle for the Carolina Panthers and it, it's funny because you know how the Cowboys are under the microscope and Travis F- Frederick is a a great center and he's on the shelf for the foreseeable future 
Uh, hopefully he gets back, but he has an autoimmune deal going on. Mm-hmm. And so he's definitely going to miss the opener, hopefully not much more. But that's been a focus. Zach Martin was banged up a little bit in the preseason, so there's been a lot of talk about the Cowboys' offensive line not being what it typically is. But I would look at that Carolina offensive line. I got major questions about them, too. And it's just not the same type of focus on Carolina's O-line as it is Dallas's. A lot of questions. Another game that uh, I don't think I'm alone in in, in wanting to see is uh, Steelers at the Browns. I, I think that's compelling, mm-hmm. given coming off hard knocks and, and uh, Terod Taylor and the whole you know team itself. I, I think it's intriguing to see which Browns team shows up. And you got to remember, last year the Browns didn't win a game, but they played hard, man. They yeah, played they hard. They they had a bunch of games, especially early on, uh, that could have gone either way. And I'm interested to see if they're willing to take that or if they're able to take that next step in terms of learning how to win. Like bad teams, they know how to lose. So no matter yeah. what's going on in the game, you find a way to lose. We witnessed that a lot with the Chargers and then the Browns and San Francisco, which, you know, the San Francisco played hard, extremely hard. The Chargers played extremely hard, but they found ways early to lose those games. And I'm, I'm, I really want to see if the Cleveland Browns, given the new addition and, and, and having someone like Terod, it, you know, under center, if they're willing to are able to take that next step. Yeah, and you mentioned the close ball games last year. There were six games they lost by one possession. Yeah, Three of those were just by a field goal apiece. So it's not like they were steadily getting dump trucked by three touchdowns every single week. And I do like how you have made the transition from Tyrod to Tyrod. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what his mama called him, so that's what I'm going to call him. Well, she actually calls him <laughs> his middle name, but she's the only one that can do that. But I'm going to respect the man's name. From a person who constantly – Till this day, still is called Ephraim mm. instead of Ephraim. I yeah. understand what that is, and you just like you said, I just went with it. It just you get so tired of correcting people. It's just like, yeah, that's me. I had coaches <laughs> calling me Ephraim. I'm like, okay, uh. <laughs> like I'll say, hey, my name is Ephraim, and they'll be like, hey, Ephraim, and I'm like, what <laughs> did I? And I and I so I look at myself. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. Maybe my name is Ephraim. Right? I had to question myself, like, wow, I've been saying my name wrong all of this time. 42 years. Been mispronouncing my own name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, coming up next from the Geico Studios, we're going to play a little game, big man. Okay, okay. little okay. game that uh, will show how lackluster a lot of the top 25 schedule is this year. At least this week, I mean. Not the entire year, but this week, there have been a lot of top 25 teams playing cupcakes. We'll play a little game to highlight that. I'm Brian No, He is he from Salam. This is Fox Sports Radio. Awarded with Snapshot from Progressive. It's simple. Plug in Snapshot, drive, and earn discounts for safe driving. Save more at Progressive.com or call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. It's Brian No, and he from Salam with you here on Fox Sports Radio coming to you from the Geico Studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? Means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. So I've had this theory for a long time, Ephraim Salam. If you cannot name the nickname of a school, they're hot trash. Like, quick. Whoa. What? 
What's okay. the nickname of USC? <laughs> Trojans. Yeah. You know what? Immediately. Mm-hmm. If I look down at the FCS schools that played top 25 teams, I, I don't know every nickname. You know, what's the nickname of Southeast Louisiana? The Pirates. I, I don't know. Now, we've got our guy, Lee Robert DeLapp IV. He has compiled a list of these FCS schools. I look down, and I probably know two of them. Of the seven FCF schools that played top 25 teams today, do you have what Southeast Louisiana's nickname is, Lee? The Southeast Louisiana Lions are going against the LSU Tigers. The Lions. Mm. Okay. All right. How about uh, William and Mary? I have no idea. You from, do you? Uh, William and Mary, the Gentlemen's. <laughs> 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 the William and Mary Tribe. Tribe. I like that. Tribe. Tribe went down 62-17 to 17 today against Virginia Tech. Didn't go, by the way, Virginia Tech, what's their nickname? Are you from? The Hokies. Exactly. So you know it in two seconds. Um, and they're a, a number 12 ranked team in the country. That's probably why you know it in two seconds. You what's know? a Hokie? It's a made-up thing. It's not a real thing. I don't know why they made up a made-up nickname. But So if I call somebody hokey, is that like a offensive thing? It could yeah, be it in might this day be. and age. It, it yeah. might be. You be careful. <laughs> Very well could be. Especially if you say me a hokey. stank Just on it. Got you know? a new word for the day. Yeah. yeah. You know what? You're acting like a real hokey right now. Yeah. <laughs> Your mom's a hokey. What up, hokey? Oh, 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 my mama's a hokey. Oh. <laughs> Okie dokie. Okie dokie. <laughs> I do know this one because I'm living here now, Ephraim. Portland State. You know their nickname? I didn't beforehand. So, The ambushes. It's close. They're the Vikings. Oh. And they went down 62 to 14 against Oregon today. Mm. Yeah. How about this? I didn't know this. I still don't. This is Shannon Sharp University, Savannah, Savannah State. State. Do you Sa- know them? Savannah State. Uh, Wookies. The Wookies. Yeah. The Wookies? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the, oh, the St. Bernards. It's one of the most famous mascot <laughs> names you could find. Wildcats? Uh, Close. Sa- Savannah State Cougars. I had actually said it earlier. Savannah State. Wookies. Pencilbacks. The Tigers. The Tigers. Tigers. Yeah. A lot of school named Tigers. Oh, I see. You mentioned it with LSU. Got it. Yeah, well, they lost 77 to nothing to the U today. Miami just (laughs) rolled them. They definitely needed Shannon. Yeah, I don't know this one either. So UCF, who we agree on, Ephraim, it's one thing that we agree on, common ground today, is that UCF playing a bad conference schedule should not be scheduling you see uh, FCS schools. It should not be scheduling Division One AA schools. They played San- South Carolina State today. I do not know the answer to this trivia question. Do you know the nickname of South Carolina State? The South Carolina State is uh, Bulldogs. That's a good guess. What is Lee? It? 
That is correct. What? Nice. Yeah. Did you just pull that out of the dark? I just, just bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> they lost 38 to nothing to UCF today. Wow. Well, they did get three interceptions, though, as Steve DeSager pointed out. That was nice. That is nice. Something to build on moving yeah. forward. I think we only have one more on the name the nickname slate. All of these FCS schools played top 25 opponents. North Dakota. Do you know what North Dakota's nickname is? The Bison. I, I know that's North Dakota State. Oh. I don't know what North Dakota is. Man. I was like, oh, I got one. The, the fighting tumbleweeds. The, Ooh, that's close. Oh, is it really? The, 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 what? the, fighting, the fiery bushes. Fighting blank. The fighting. Fighting, fighting bushes. The, fi- <laughs> the fighting. Hokies. The fighting hokies. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Let me see. North Dakota fighting mountains. All right. We've gotten tigers right? out of the way. We've gotten bulldogs out of the way. What's North Dakota l- known Cougars. For? Falcons. Leopards. Ooh, getting close. Who's leopards. getting close? Who, which one? The leopard or the cougar? I mean, or the falcon? <laughs> Bobo was close. The fighting eagles. Fight. Fighting eagles, not bad. Fighting pigeons. Fighting pigeons. pigeons. <laughs> we both said the yeah. same thing. <laughs> the fighting doves. It's the North Dakota fighting, fighting doves. Hawks. Fox. Fighting hawks. What are they? Hawks. 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 Fighting hawks. Man, I thought it was the dove. <laughs> Did they hawk hookies? Hokies? It's hokey, okay? Oh, Get it oh, right. Man. It's hokey. I'm messing up my own bad name. Fighting Hawks lost to Washington 45-3. to Oh, my God. Yeah. That's just, that's just wrong. The one thing I will say, Ephraim, is I know the SEC gets crushed for playing FCS schools, and they should, but it should be everybody getting crushed for playing FCS schools. You know, of all these seven I, games, there's I only agree. one SEC school. There's just one. Does anybody call out the Pac-12, the ACC, any other conference but the SEC for playing one AA teams? Never. No, it's enough teams in in conferences now to yeah. where they could just all play each other. And we could just roll the dice. This just we're gonna see how it works out. It's enough teams in the SC, uh, SEC that they can all play each other, right? And it, the Pac-12 and everything. We can all you get one non-conference game, and then we can roll it out, right? And look, if you're playing your non-conference schedule, let's say it stays with at least three games. I mean, you can go to the Sun Belt. You don't have to play Bama and Clemson and that caliber of a team every right. week, non-conference-wise. Bro, hit up the Mountain West, you know? There's some gimmies there. Whoa, 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 whoa. Go to the MAC. Hey, man. First of all, <laughs> don't be so disrespectful towards the Mountain West. All right? And I, I know what you're doing. Me, except I made the mistake yeah, yeah, yeah. using the Mountain I, West. I know what you're doing, okay? Gosh. You're not slick. Made the mistake. Every no, nothing is coincidence with you, okay? <laughs> I know that for a fact. Is built by design. I'm not LeBron of Sports Talk Radio. Yeah, here. he's very yeah. calculated. Yeah, you are. All right, coming up next from the Geico Studios. It makes no sense whatsoever why this continues to happen in football. Bobo just called me a hokey. <laughs> I don't know so how I feel rude. about that. Ephraim. so yeah. rude. Outrageous, you know? It's all right. Bobo's my guy. He can call me a hokey. It's fine. All right, so we're going to get to 
Something that makes zero sense in football yet continues to happen. But we've got breaking news. We've got this new deal agreed upon between the Arizona Cardinals and David Johnson. $30 million guaranteed over three years. And in Steve DeSager's update, I thought it was perfect because he mentioned the David Johnson contract. And the very next thing was Le'Veon Bell is holding out and it's going to cost him $853,000 for his game check this week. If you're Le'Veon Bell, you got to be looking at this like, really? So not only is it Todd Gurley getting paid, it's David Johnson, and yet the Steelers will not give me what I'm worth in terms of guaranteed money. And he's not asking for a Khalil Mack deal. He's asking for in the neighborhood of Todd Gurley guaranteed money, and they're not going to give it to him. That blows my mind, Some, especially as much of the workload as he carried for them. Yeah. You got to remember, this is at a time when their quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, proclaimed that maybe he doesn't have it anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, so w- with all that going on, the guy you gave the ball to over 400 times is not good enough for a proper contract extension. Yeah. It, it just, it's, it's, I don't know, man. You know, sometimes organizations – look at what the Raiders did. You know, sometimes you just – you don't get it. Yeah, and that's the, the boat that we're in right now is that Le'Veon Bell is holding out. They haven't given him a Todd Gurley-like contract offer. They haven't even given him a David Johnson-like contract offer in terms of guaranteed money. And the crazy thing is it was a week – of Steeler teammates blasting Le'Veon Bell for holding out. And we didn't hear anybody be critical of the organization in any way. And I understand that they're cutting the checks for those teammates, Ephraim, so I get it. I'm not expecting them to get on a soapbox and be like, I mean, I really got to question our own organization. Why did you break this guy off? I mean, good Lord. They're not going to go on a a whole rant. But for it to only be about Le'Veon Bell holding out, and nothing about the Steelers being unwilling to give him what is what he's worth, I think only tells half the story. It does. And, you know, that's how the narrative, you can change the narrative. A team, you know, everything that's coming out is negative. And, and the, the number one thing, the first thing that started that was we offered him a contract. We offered him $70 million. He didn't deem it was worthy. Mm-hmm. But they don't give you the actual numbers of that contract. That show, That went to show you what the mindset was during the negotiation and the message that they were going to release to the public. I'll read you a quote from Marquise Pouncey. Quote, honestly, it's a little selfish. I'm kind of pissed right now. It sucks that he's not here. End quote. Hmm. Listen to Ramon Foster. He says this, quote, what do you do? Here's a guy who doesn't give a damn. I guess so we'll treat him as such. I just hate it came to this. He's making seven times what I make twice as much as Al Villanueva is making. And we're the guys who do it for him. End quote. I mean, that's definitely contentious. Oh, absolutely. And they are openly questioning Le'Veon Bell, who's just doing what he needs to do to get a contract that's worthy of his talent. That's normally not the way it goes down, as you well know in an NFL locker room, Ephraim. Yeah, it's definitely not like that. And and the dissension in the locker room is going to make for a very 
uh, contentious workplace if and when Le'Veon does come back. We know it's only for one year. We know it's no way that this thing can get resolved and he's playing for the Steelers next year unless they come to the table with something crazy. It, it's it, it, You get this in relationships, right? When, when it's time to part ways in life, in sports, it's you, you say things that you can't take back. Right. And yeah. I think that's where we are right now in this negotiation, in this relationship with the Steelers and Le'Veon Bell. And, of course, you can say, well, we can go to counseling and we can mm-hmm. patch things up and we can try it again. But realistically, if they don't value you now, what makes them, What makes you think they're going to value you later? It just it's not realistic. Yeah, and Le'Veon, he can still stay away through week 10 and still become a free agent in 2019. He's got to have six games under his belt or he's not going to be a free agent. Right. So we're going to see him in uniform for at least that much because there's no way it would make any sense for him to put himself in the exact same position with the Steelers where he's just getting a year older. That wouldn't make any right. sense whatsoever. No, no sense whatsoever. Yeah, and but the, the question now is, when do you think he comes back? He, I think he comes back week nine. Yeah, it's going to be a long type deal. Like I said, it, we just saw Dwayne Brown do it. He he knew exactly what he wanted. He wanted out of Houston, uh, and he got out of Houston. You know, you got to have – and the Steelers understand that the value that they have in Le'Veon Bell, he needs – they need to get something for him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because if he reports and he comes back and they decide that they don't want to play him, his he still retains his value. He still holds his value on the open market. Right. So this is the only time that they're going to be able to get value in return for him if they do decide to trade him. Yeah. And I think, to your point, Ephraim, it doesn't make sense to hold out for a week or two. It's like if you're going to do this, it needs be, to be yep. a long holdout. Got to be all in. You have to yeah. have sat down with your representation and told them, "Look, I'm I'm all in on this. This is what it is." And when is the if they don't do anything, when is the day we get back? When does the day have to report? Okay, bet. Then that's right. what if we <laughs> Right. Let yeah. you call your money guy, let's budget accordingly. This is what's going to happen. It's going to be tough, though, man. It's going to be tough for any competitor to be just sitting and waiting and waiting while watching other running backs get their guaranteed money. That's rough, man. It is rough. It's, it's at least going to be – I would say it's going to be at least four games for Le'Veon Bell. You're going to go longer? Should we have a pool when I, Le'Veon comes I think comes he'll go back? longer because if they're not – look, why if you have to if you have to get six games in – right to be a free agent next year, then mm-hmm. you get six games in. Mm-hmm. You don't give them eight, right? You don't give them 10. Mm-hmm. You don't give them 12. You surely don't give them 12. <laughs> right? You give them the minimum. You get the bare minimum. So you that guys, week sense. nine, week 10. Yeah. It's it's just, again, when that the competitive juices start flowing, and you're like, man, I just, I need, this is what I do. I'm yeah, a running but, back. But I no, need to get on the field. If yeah. that was the case, he'd be in camp. Oh, he would have, he would be at the team right now. If the competitive juices were what was driving him, then he'd be there now. Well, Remember well, last year? Find the middle ground. Yeah, but last yeah. year he came in on the Friday, the Friday before mm-hmm. the first game. 
Yep, and he was there. And he was there. This is a different situation. This is, okay, well, this is. The I'm next hold, go I'm, around I'm, of the franchise yeah, I'm, tag. I'm yeah. holding steadfast. This is, I'm not giving. You're not giving. So, we'll, I'll see you week 10. Week 9, I'll get there, get myself back together for a week, and then, you know. Now, after that, it's up to them. Whether they want to play him or or not, doesn't matter. He's there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a crazy situation, man. And you think about what this does to their Super Bowl hopes. Yeah, man. That's the thing. <laughs> it's that, a big deal. That's the thing. When when the AFC is so wide open. Yeah, it is. It doesn't make sense to me for them to take this stance with someone who's 30 to 35% of their entire offense. That's, that's right. crazy to me. It is. And the thing is, if you gave them a, just a David Johnson-like deal with guaranteed money, if you could get him in the neighborhood of 30, 40 million guaranteed for three years, why wouldn't you do that? Why, why was it around 10 million in rolling guarantees? It's a bad relationship. Of course, he's had some off-the-field things that he's had to deal with with That's the right. organization. But he's 26. I get 26 it. 26 years old. And someone in the organization doesn't think he's as valuable as he thinks or the rest of us think. Just right. like someone in the, organ- in the Raiders organization didn't think Khalil Mack was as valuable as we thought he was, which blows my mind. Oh, good luck with your picks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. I will say real, real quickly, Mike Tomlin, where are you at in this whole situation here? How can you have player after player after player openly questioning, talking trash about Le'Veon Bell's contract situation? How can that happen? Do you think that would happen under Bill Belichick? No. Never. So what happens if Le'Veon Bell comes back for those final six games or whenever he comes back in this season? You think it's going to be a little bit odd? Yes. <laughs> Maybe a little contentious with those guys saying, hey, why isn't he here? Screw that guy. It could be a little awkward. Just a little bit. Right. He's selfish. No player should ever call another player selfish. Because at no. some point we may all be in the same situation. That's the thing. And you can't say he makes this much more than me. That's that's not how that works. Seriously, right. as a player, that's not how it goes. Oh, First of all, you never catch another you never count another man's wallet. And that's right? what Ramon Foster's doing. Yeah, I don't like that, man. That's not good. That's not, and that's Le'Veon, not good. And Levion think about this, what it creates. You think Levion might walk in and be like, uh, Ramon Foster, are you arguably the best guard in the NFL? Because I'm <laughs> right, arguably right. the best running back in Period. the NFL. And you get this back and forth, back and forth. It is bad, man. And for Mike Tomlin to sit back and be like, well, yeah, their reactions don't really surprise me a whole lot. It's like, dude, what are you he's the parent whose kids are just misbehaving in public. And he's like, well, you know, kids will be kids, I guess. Ah, what is that? Yeah, it's um, it, it, it's crazy. They don't see and they have they've had a history under Tomlin of not being buttoned up. Right. That's right. Something always, something is always going on. You know, <laughs> Facebook live, Facebook videos. live from the the, the locker room. <laughs> it, just, it just, you know, the whole anthem thing when they couldn't get. It, yeah, it just, yeah, it's yeah. always something, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's been the criticism 
of, of Tomlin that it's not like we heard, you know, James Harrison on the herd talk about the differences between being in New England and being in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. And he wasn't disparaging. He was just like, hey, look, you know, the details aren't as buttoned up in under Tomlin in Pittsburgh as they are in New England, which we know that. We all know that. But mm-hmm. just to hear players come out and say that, this doesn't surprise you, the type of stuff that's going on right now in the locker room. Yeah, it doesn't. And I think that a lot of people sell Mike Tomlin short in terms of the success that he's enjoyed. But in terms of being a disciplinarian, he is not that guy. He just isn't. And this is another example of it. <laughs> it's like, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like let your hair down late at night type stuff in the locker room. It's like, this isn't after hours. This isn't Steelers after dark. It's like, dude, let's button this thing up and not crush Le'Veon Bell, who's holding out for more cash. That doesn't help anything. All right, coming up next from the Geico Studios. It keeps happening in college football. It is happening in the NFL. It's never made sense. And we will point to another example of a player just not getting it. It's Brian No, Andy from Salam with you right here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No. He is he from Salam here on Fox Sports Radio coming to you from the Geico Studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance, it means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. <sighs> the worst rule in football again. Again, Ephraim Salam looks like Texas A&M fumbles the ball through the end zone. That was awful. And if that's the case, oh. then Clemson, even though they didn't recover the ball at all, they get possession of the ball. We are in full agreement here. Put that on the list. Put it on the list. You know who's not on board with us, Ephraim? That would be Lee Robert Delap the Fourth, who loves this brain dead rule. It just doesn't make sense, right? None. And and it's not like he threw the ball. This Texan, uh, the Texan, Texas A and M receiver. It was hit out of his hands <laughs> right. by the defender. So the defender knocked the ball out of his hands through the back of the end zone. Right? Yeah. That's different than you fumbling the ball through the back of the end zone. And Lee, you know, I I mean, I don't know why he thinks that this is a good rule. He's a crazy person. That's (laughs) why. It's the best rule in sports. That's why. (laughs) That's the the defense's end zone. that they're d- defending, and if you can't hold on to the most important thing on the field, the football, while trying to go into their end zone, then you need to be punished. But it's also yeah, but the what defense type- is one-yard line, and the defense is two-yard line, and the defense is three-yard line, and anywhere else on the field that you fumble out of bounds and they don't recover, that- then the offense still maintains possession. No, it's it's everybody's one-yard line. It's their end zone. If it goes into their end zone and you don't have possession of it, it's their ball. No, if you cross midfield, you are in your opponent's territory. Just the same concept as the end zone. So what? What do you you say? You put it back to the twenty yard line. You lose downs. What what goes on? It, should be, it say, should be the defense's ball. If you can't control it, it shouldn't that's be their the possession. defense's ball. It's crazy. Jimbo Fish is going crazy oh, right now. It, it's 
There's 2.13 left in the ball game. In a 28 20 Texas A&M's game. going in to score. Yeah, it's 28 to 20. Well, then hold on to the oh, ball. Stop. He, first oh. of all, it's not him. He was extending, <laughs> and the defender hit the ball. That out sounds of his like hand. a great defensive play to me. Yeah, but you don't get penalized. You don't get the possession taking Jimbo Fisher going crazy. He is. Like he's he going nuts, man. <laughs> and rightfully so. And yeah. this poor kid, man, man. Poor kid Davis is, is just beside himself, man. It feels like he's screwed up call, the entire man. game. That's a tough call. It's a horrible rule. It's a horrible rule. Like, that's the thing I don't understand to about people like Lee, my good friend, and people of his ilk, right? It's like, do you have a problem if the offense fumbles the ball, goes out of bounds at the five-yard line? And the offense maintains possession? No, because the have defense an issue didn't with that? go get possession of the ball because it's not their five-yard line. It's everybody's five-yard line. No, it's not. It's theirs. You're in their territory, just like the end zone. Man, that's tough, man. This is And this is this is against the number two team in the country uh, with the chance to tie the ball game with two minutes and 13 seconds left. Come I on. hate that rule. It should be where you fumble the ball at. If nobody gains possession of it, it should go back to the spot where you initially fumbled it. That's what the rule should be. I don't know why it's so difficult well, to figure that out. Because then you're rewarding a, a team for being reckless with the ball. Because anyone could just jump up and try and high jump over and lose don't possession you want of the that? ball. Yeah, but you don't, can be reckless with the ball anywhere else on the field? Yeah. Well, you have to be next to the sideline. Right? Like, I, so we, if you... Fumble the ball out of bounds at the forty. You get mm-hmm. the balls out of bounds at the forty. Or where and you, let's say where you, where you were, you were diving from. for the first for the first down line, you know, and you fumble out of bounds. You get the ball. You still maintain possession, which hey, is what should hey, happen. If you guys want to switch the rules where it goes to the defense, I'm all for that. Okay. What let's, do you mean that it goes to the defense? If, if you fumble the off. ball out of bounds, then it goes to the defense. <laughs> oh my gosh! You want to make this horrible rule worse? Yes. I want to make this the greatest rule better. <laughs> I think Lee only played defense in high school, Lee, from that I don't know what it is. Lee, what position did you did you play? Yeah, I played linebacker. Okay. But there I also played center. Okay, those don't even go together. So we 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 we, we uh, that's all I need to know. That's that's, that's all I need to know. <laughs> that's all I need to know. Hey, what position did you play in high school? Oh, center and linebacker. Oh. Okay. <laughs> all right. Middle I played running center. back and nose tackle is what I was playing in, in high school. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. By the way, quick uh, quick update on our man Jorge Lopez Ephraim. Mm-hmm. He's a guy from the uh, the Royals. Royals pitcher had a perfect game going into the ninth inning. Mm-hmm. What happened? Our man Jorge, he gave up a walk. Oh. So there went the perfect game. He still got the no-hitter intact. And then he gave up a hit. And so they brought in a reliever. Reliever gave up a run, oh my which God. was charged to Jorge oh Lopez. Oh, God. <laughs> so triple whammy all across the I'm, board. I'm going down on my sword. I'm like, yeah, no, nah, I'm going to go ahead and finish this one out. Either way. But you know. the new, more positive me, Ephraim, you want me to be positive. I, I will do. give you positivity. Here's the silver lining, my friend. Royals won the game 4-1, to one, and and their record improves to 47 and 94. Okay? Brilliant. Perfect. You got to look at the good side. Look at the good. <laughs> All right, here's another thing. Can you sort out the good for me with this play? Listen to this. This is 
on the Georgia Bulldog Sports Network. Sounds like a pick six. Here you go. Second 10, South Carolina ball on their 47. They throw it to the left side. Off the hands. This time it is picked off the tip. Running down the sideline is Baker. 20, 15, 10, 5, pick 6, Georgia. Touchdown, Bulldogs. The only problem was DeAndre Baker, he uh, just dropped the ball before he crossed the goal line. And linebacker Jawan Taylor, he had his back. He ran over and, and recovered the fumble in the end zone. The player just dropped the ball before crossing the goal line, man. How many times have we seen this see from? I, I don't know, man. I, can I mean, you, it, can th- you manufacture a positive out of that? No. No. The positive is his teammate rectified right. the, the, the error. <laughs> That's the positive in it. Heads up by his teammate who was like, oh, my God, this idiot. <laughs> this dude. The funny thing is DeAndre Baker – who should have had the pick six, who dropped the ball right before crossing the goal line, he started playing air guitar. <laughs> so no. he's just he was in worried. the end zone, you know what jamming happened? away. That's right? exactly right. You know what he was doing <laughs> as he was going approaching the end zone? He was thinking about a myriad of ways that he could celebrate and stop focusing on the ball. And, th- and that's what happens. Yeah. You pre- you're preparing your celebration without actually – accomplishing the thing that you're supposed to celebrate. Yeah. Brutal, man. We've seen it so many times, oh, college and the NFL. And it's it, it just makes no sense. There's no doubt about that. And oh. uh, I lost money on this, Ephraim, actually. <laughs> a few years ago, I had the in-game over. Don't judge. I had the in-game <laughs> over, California and Texas. Oh it was just God. a barn burner. And it was like fourth and 10 or something crazy like that. Uh, Cal's at their own 50-yard line. And you're down to the, the bitter end. And we needed basically a house call. And all of a sudden, running back just bursts through the line of scrimmage. And there's no one even close to him. Guy drops the ball before going into the end zone. And that messed up my bet. I ended up losing because of that. Would have won if he just crossed the goal line ah, with the ball. the life of a gambler. You know, there's no such thing as a sure thing. The ups, you know? the downs, yeah. the depression. Yeah. <laughs> the highs, the lows. <laughs> but you get stories out of it. You all know? all right, but look, part of it. bright side is A&M stopped them on three downs. They get the ball back. It's yep. a minute and some change to go. They, it was a poor punt. They get the ball around the 50, and they're moving down the field right now. They're at the 40-yard line. You know, I'm rooting for A&M just because of that horrible rule. Because although they're still alive, like you'd point out, Ephraim. Oh, pass interference. Pass interference. The odds are so much worse. (laughs) If they're able to maintain possession, they most likely either score a touchdown or kick a field goal, worst case scenario. And they still have a couple of timeouts. They just have more options at that point. So they're still alive, but it's a completely different set of circumstances. We've got Steve DeSager. He keeps us alive and well-informed. He's here to spin us around. We want in-depth analysis of Jorge um, Lopez. Lopez. Yes, Jorge Lopez. (laughs) We all had to look him up. (laughs) And I want want your negative out-on-a-limb prediction, Steve DeSager. No, don't do it. Does this count as negative? How about Buffalo Bills go from playoff team to last place? That's not positive. Does there you count? go. 
It's critical in nature. I'll take that. Have you seen the Bills? That's not really out on the limb, though. <laughs> That's the only thing. Pass to the oh end my God. zone for it, A&M. Oh, touchdown. touchdown. A&M. What? They'll wow. go for two oh. and try for the tie. That was a remarkable pass. 46 seconds left, 24-yard <laughs> touchdown blast. What? Including the uh, P.I. That's a two-play drive to go about 50 yards and maybe tie it in the final minute. A two-point attempt is coming up. Uh, you know, by the way, when you were talking about Lee, an odd combination of positions played. How about star pitcher on the baseball team and center for freshman football? That was Clayton Kershaw in high school in Dallas, Texas. And his quarterback was Matthew Stafford when Kershaw was the center oh my in God. football. That is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy winds up, what, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, at a top 10 baseball draft choice. I had read that one of his high school baseball games was a five-inning perfect game. You know, he's no uh, Jorge Lopez, but it was a five-inning perfect game, and he struck out every batter and homered. So he was kind of a known quantity by the time the MLB draft came around. Well, we do have the uh, – we're awaiting the two-point – and, of course, video review on the uh, How did the A&M kid score. catch that ball? It was it, tipped it, twice. Yeah, tipped twice. I think Al Michaels saying, he did what? <laughs> That's kind of the play it was. So they would go for two and try and make it 28-all in the final minute. Guys, Kentucky has scored two touchdowns in the third quarter at Florida – and now leads early fourth, 21-10 against 25th-ranked Florida. Context, Kentucky has lost 31 consecutive years to the Florida Gators, and they're up double digits at Florida right now with 10 minutes to go. Wow. A&M lining up for the two-point conversion will keep you updated. Wins earlier today for number 3 Georgia and number 8 Notre Dame. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Jimbo Fisher against Clemson again. This time it's Fisher on an A&M sideline. They're going for two, oh, trying to pass. Oh, no. There is a flag for apparent holding, and oh, the pass gosh. is intercepted in the end zone. So it looks like, barring onside call. kick magic, Clemson might be winning by two on the road in Ugh. this one. Clemson yeah. ranked number two this week. There were already wins in the top ten for Alabama and Ohio State, for Wisconsin, Oklahoma, and Washington. The game on Fox TV is early third quarter now at Stanford. 14-0 Stanford over USC, about 11 and a half minutes to go. And in third quarter action, it's Penn State leading 23. 3-6 to six at Pitt. Alabama State at Auburn is the matchup. And about 10 minutes to go, Auburn up 49-9. to nine. How about Florida State's matchup? They have a home game against Samford, which is top 10 FCS. Samford leads just before halftime, 23-14 oh. over the Seminoles. Utah has kicked a field goal to lead 10-6 at Northern Illinois, now under three minutes to go. Kansas had lost 46 straight road games until today's win at Central Michigan, 31-7. The big NFL item, Arizona Cardinals have given running back David Johnson a three-year extension. Serena Williams lost the U.S. Open final, swept by Naomi Osaka in a Major League Baseball ninth inning at Colorado. Rockies lead 4-1 over the Dodgers. Already losses today for Philadelphia and the Cubs in the first of a twin bill. Back to you. Great stuff, Steve DeSager. It's Brian No Any from Salam with you. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Man, it was shades of... <laughs> It was the opposite of shades from the uh, the Clemson National Championship win over Alabama. 
the two-point conversion play for Texas A&M. The quarterback rolls to the right, kind of like Deshaun Watson did when he found Hunter Renfro, who actually recovers the onside kick just now. So it was a lot prettier for Clemson running that play against Alabama. It didn't quite unfold the same way for A&M there. No, it was a bad call, man. It's just, yeah. have, you know, that's not a play you want to run. Goodness. Hunter Renfro has been at Clemson for, I think, the last decade. <laughs> the wide receiver is – I can't believe he's still eligible, man. <laughs> Goodness. He's had a great career over there. Yeah, but I, I'll say this. You look at the difference in Jimbo Fisher taking over that program. I know it's early, but compare what Kevin Sumlin is doing at Arizona right now. Arizona got blown out by Houston 45-18 to 18 today. Goodness. Meanwhile, you've got Jimbo Fisher taking the, what, number two team in the country down to the wire? Yeah, and a bad call, you know, stopped them from being in a better position. Yeah, I hate the fumble out of the end zone going to the defensive team. Hate it. Despise it. I don't know why it's taken so long for them to change that rule. The NFL will have a few conversations about it seemingly each year. Like, you'll hear that, like, yeah, we talked about it, and nah, it didn't really go anywhere. It's only happened, like, nine times last year. Well, that's nine times too many. <laughs> right. Yeah, because it's in potential scoring position, and it changes the the whole outcome. It does. It absolutely does. And it just makes no logical sense. <laughs> like, you can't tell me if – if an offensive player fumbles the ball out on the one-yard line, how does the offensive team maintain possession at the one or anywhere else except for the end zone? How? <laughs> That's crazy. Man, I feel so sorry for that. That was a good game. I'm pulling for Jimbo. Right, it felt like a little piece of you died with Texas A and M going down. Yeah, there. it went down a little bit. Yeah, it's all right. I'm okay though. Bring the energy back up. I got something to cheer you up, Ephraim. the The best thing from today, in my mind, this obnoxious noise for South Carolina on third down, like when their defense is on the field on third down, because they're the Gamecocks. So in the background, you hear this obnoxious. It's like. Something just <laughs> off the wall, man. I love it. That's my favorite noise in college football. Love the Gamecocks getting fired up for third down. The Gamecocks. By the way, by the way, something else. Since Lee, Lee is the Debbie Downer on today's show. I think we found out. <laughs> what? Yes, he loves the, the rule where if you fumble out of the end zone, the other team gets the ball even though they didn't recover. Something else he's down on. You might be down on this as well. A lot of people are down on this, Ephraim. The green zone. NBC's green zone. When it's third down, they just make it a little bit darker so it shows you how far they have to go to pick up a first down. Are you pro or anti-green zone? I'm anti-green zone. You're anti-green zone. Gosh darn it. I'm pro-green zone. No, I like the green zone. I, oh, wait. <laughs> I'm... I'm for something. I'm <laughs> complimenting something here. And you turn it around. And, oh, there it go. That figures. 
I think it's good. I'll give you an example. Third and 13, you know, third and a long way to go. If the camera zooms in on the quarterback, whoever's carrying the ball, if it's a screen pass, something like that, you can't see the yellow line. You don't know how far they have to go. So if you're, you know, it's darker shade of green until they get there, it's fine. People are so down on the green zone. I'm cool with it. Nah, bring back the yellow line, man. We're good. It's still there. The yellow All line's right. still there. It's just complimenting it, okay. you know? Compliments. Yeah. All right, coming up next from the Geico Studios. <laughs> Which NFL player needs to win a Super Bowl the most this season? And then we'll do a quick take your pick leading up to a full Sunday of week one action. I'm Brian No. He's E from Salam. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No. He's E from Salam here on Fox Sports Radio coming to you from the Geico Studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. How about Stanford just pummeling USC so far? Just tacked down a field goal. They're up 17-3. to on Fox. That Stanford defense, I'll tell you what, Ephraim, I know you're a former offensive tackle, but I love when a team is just virtually pitching a shutout defensively. And it's just like, you will not be scoring points or gaining many yards on us today. Love that. Love it. You have any love for that? I do. Yeah. Yeah, I do. That's good. By the way, there's a uh, new Miami turnover chain. They're debuting it tonight against Savannah State. It weighs seven pounds. <laughs> it features uh, 4,000 4, stones in the Ibis. You know, the Miami Ibis, yeah. the mascot, whatever. That's, uh, yeah, 4,000 stones in the Ibis. So the, the total chain weighs seven pounds. I think that's awesome. <laughs> Love it. What was that chain last week? Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, didn't make an appearance against yeah. LSU, apparently. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Easy to bring that out against Savannah State. <laughs> yeah. The uh, Tigers. Yeah. All right, so LSU put it on us. New turnover chain. All right, let's go. New direction here. Right. Let's just yeah. uh, move on from that, and we're going to build from today. Yes. By the way, Ephraim, as we ramp up for – Week one action tomorrow. NFL is back in glorious fashion. I was thinking, on the heels of Matt Ryan, who didn't play well at all on Thursday night, which quarterback would benefit the most from winning a Super Bowl this season? And suspend disbelief for a little bit. If you're talking about teams like, I know you're not high on Blake Bortles. You might not think they're going to win a Super Bowl because of him or Andy Dalton, what a Super Bowl might mean for him. Suspend disbelief and just say he wins one this year. Who would benefit the most in your mind? I've got a list of, I've got nine dudes on the list, but I've got one at the top. Who would be at the top of yours? Uh, I think career and legacy-wise, Aaron Rodgers. Right. Right? I mean, he's argue, everyone's argue, he's arguably the best quarterback, the thrower of the quarterback mm-hmm. ever in some some people's minds but the wins just aren't there in terms of playoff I mean uh uh Super Bowl appearances right so I think he would benefit long run in terms of legacy the most of winning the Super Bowl this year 
I agree with that for sure. I think he's in a different classification because, like you said, that's more of a legacy mm-hmm. type thing. Where does he stack up among the greatest of all time? Right. If you're looking at the next crop of the guys that get absolutely lambasted and criticized all the time, how that would change the narrative, I would put Joe Flacco at the top of the list. Ah, and it's crazy because he already has one ring, right? But he's – look at – if he wins a ring – all of a sudden, all this criticism of this dude didn't do anything after winning that first ring, and he's thrown more interceptions than touchdown passes in one season. And, oh, by the way, there's this guy, Lamar Jackson, they just drafted. It would change the narrative. It would change his future, I believe, with the Ravens. And worst case, if they still moved on from him, he'd be in a much better position to go elsewhere and not be in some horrible situation where he's taking over I don't for a team that's just, putting the pieces together. That's good. That's a good um that's a good pick. I would say I agree with that, but I would say Andrew Luck. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a good one too. I would say Andrew Luck become, you know, coming off the injury, no one saw him throw until this preseason and just what it would mean for him moving forward. Of course they're all in on him, but they're naysayers out there. You know, that buzz he had uh, coming into a rebuilding team and going 11 and 5 and every year getting his team to the playoffs it died it's gone we don't know the Andrew Luck we're going to get after the shoulder injury and so i think if he was able to lead the team that he has to the super bowl yeah. and win it oh that'd be i, I mean that'd I be agree. invaluable it'd be crazy it would <laughs> you know i think that Blake Bortles is in the Carmelo Anthony role oh. You know what I mean? Well, that's 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 embarrassing to Carmelo Anthony. I mean, well, what I mean by that is this: I think people's minds are so made up with both that even if they won a championship, the people that have been crushing them would still find a way to not give them credit. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that that would be like if Blake Bortles was throwing for four thousand yards, right, four thousand right. plus yards every year. That is not the case with with uh with Bortles. Like, it is so it, it, it's it's a little different. Carmelo Anthony is a dynamic scorer, you know yeah. what I mean, and, yeah. and so he he finds himself he's not the guy in his prime to score seven points in a game. That's the equivalent of Blake Bortles in a playoff game score uh, throwing for eighty seven yards. Well, I can't I'm, let that I'm go. I'm comparing it like this. I'm comparing it where if Blake Bortles won a Super Bowl. You know how it would go down. They'd be like, well, Leonard Fournette. Right, like, right. Defense of course, is of nasty. Course. And like, Blake's just an accessory, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> same thing with Carmelo. If he won a championship, it'd be like, oh, Chris well, now, Paul. Especially, oh, yeah, especially and, now. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. All right, let's do rapid fire. Take your pick, Ephraim. We'll do a few before we get on out of here. For the season, more rushing yards, Ezekiel Elliott or the field? Uh, I'm going to take the field. I'm going Zeke. I think he's going to have a monster year. More wins, the Bears or the Raiders? Because those are the two teams with the trade. I'm I'm going with the Bears. I'm going Raiders. (laughs) I think people are way down on them. Gruden's going to do some good things with Derek Carr. All right, last one. More TD throws. Jimmy Garoppolo or Cam Newton? Jimmy G. Come on, man. You already know where I stand. You love Jimmy G. You already know where I stand. You're going to be so mad when they're 7-9 and nine this year. Liar! <laughs> good hanging with you, big man. Always. Everybody have a good night. We'll catch you later. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.